everybody, and welcome back to the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 104. As always, I am one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by my other co-host, Jesse Cox and Alex Fasciane. Yeah, 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 yeah. How, 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 how? And what then, thanks for coming hell? to the Classic Rock Station, uh, 104.1 Chill LS. Your Classic Rock Station is... It's called the Chill X. Is that what you call no, it? No, it was. It's a ZLX. ZLX, ZLX. sounds like ZLX. <laughs> something that you sounds take like something poop. you take to not poop your pants when you're <laughs> old. <laughs> we were on the, yeah, yeah, we're on the same page. We're like we whatever it is, it's got to be about buttholes. It's about pooping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. It's poop related. Yeah, ZZ Top like is not cool, you guys. I mean, like the music is fine, but they're like sneaking around in their sunglasses on stage. It's a weird vibe. I don't get it. I don't trust them. They're like shady. They look. They, oh, have, they look oh, like. I watch them on Jay Leno one time. They just walked over and turned on a little uh, Tesla coil on stage during a solo. I mean, why not? Really? If you have that kind of money, if you got ZZ Top money, why not? Yeah, right? Dude, if I was in Back to the Future 3 instead of ZZ Top, different movie, I would have stopped. I would have saved them from Mad Dog Tannen. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, you would have. Yeah, and you you know how you know what though the the audience could save us, isn't that right, Alex? It well, you know, that it's was, not that, that we're in. <laughs> no, listen, dude. Like, you gotta think. Listen, Jesse, hang on. It's been a disappointing week for me. Okay, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh-huh. if, you want, if you want to turn Mathis's week around, you should head to <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/IlluminatiPod, where not only does every dollar that you contribute literally proportionally raise mathis's actual life happiness <laughs> but, also, oh, no. but also it does keep us on a weekly schedule and it does get you amongst other things episodes immediately following these episodes that just continue the jolly merry vibe that we always bring i'm gonna tell you something last week's episode last week's minisode is like the length of four minisodes it really was it was a long one it was, it was 45 a minutes one. yeah so you know that's not even an afterthought. That's a whole other show that you're not even on the level of. So get over there to patreon.com slash pod where you can become part of the Chiluminati yourself. You can become a neophyte in our illustrious and storied ancient organization. Down a coconut grove. Coconut Grove, Los Angeles, California, keeping the world just a little bit more relaxed. We're not doing great right now. So if you could just join, that would be great. Speaking of Los Angeles, California, maybe like the last week of October, just like, you know, the last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You like scary things and weird things and spooky things. The last Probably week of like October tacos might be a great time something. to come to L.A. Might yeah. be like the best time. Wink. Yeah. Come on. Come on down. Please do. Get, keep your that would be amazing. Keep your pocketbooks ready. Keep your pocketbooks in <laughs> wait, in hand. Where's, wait, where's this going? Save the dates. <laughs> yeah, that last week. Save the dates. Patreon.com slash Illuminati pod. Can I tell my story now? Yeah, I guess. The aliens okay. aren't here and I'm just disappointed. That's all. I, I get it. I get that. But Bam. here's the thing. We have time. It's not like it's until, the, until the 25th, apparently. But. What did I tell you, you last week when you're like, that's where are we talking about? I was like, there's nothing to talk about. I'm just letting you know. I'm here Maybe to, to tamper your hype. 
It's not, <laughs> next week's not going to happen. They're not going to be like, and then the aliens arrived. It's just not going to happen. I'm letting Something you know. Something is going to come out, but I don't know what. Some, Nothing some, is going to come out. Some Nothing. sort of release is going to be made by the government at the very least. Nothing that will be good enough for us to be like, <gasps> it won't happen. It's going to be <laughs> exactly what we all think it's going to be. They're going to say, we don't know what it is. And then they're going to immediately be like, but we're watching it. And that's it. Okay. But what if it was the Romulans? The, the Romulans, Romulans, I would be, oh man, we're fucked. You know they don't have time. They would first contact. They would land and be like, all right, let's get this over with. Oh, yeah, like, land who, and then we'd be their slaves who is and the real, dead. Who's the real aliens that come and start? Is it the Vulcans who come originally? Yes, the Vulcans who, I'm who land. Scared, the first. That's, I'm scared that it's the Romulans. That's my deal. I'm scared that they're going <laughs> to just be like, we're dead. Like, they want us dead. We're dead. <laughs> yep. See you guys later. What We couldn't uh, do anything if that was the case. Let's be real. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That would yeah, be so, very true. Uh, okay. What about now? Can I tell my story now? Yeah, yeah. I guess you can start now, Alex. It's an Alex episode, everybody. So strap in, buckle up, put on whatever pants you wear during Alex episodes. Keep your pants on, or if you don't normally wear them, leave them off. Go skins. (laughs) Take it away, Alex. I have not seen the 2012 movie, The Possession, but there is a scene in the trailer of that movie that I remember very well where you can hear it before you see it. The sound of a fork scraping against a plate as Jeffrey Dean Morgan sternly pleads with his daughter to take it easy as she quickly eats some pancakes. The sound Dude, of the metal. <laughs> yeah, the, the sound of maybe you remember this. I don't know. The sound of the metal scraping against the ceramic surface is used to build tension in the story. And admittedly, Jeffrey Dean Morgan probably went too far with his acting choice, the yelling over a couple of pancakes. But like I said, I haven't seen the movie. Maybe he just legitimately wanted his daughter to slow down because he loved his daughter and he didn't want to see her choke while she was eating all these pancakes. But the reason that this scene sticks in my memory is that amid the rising tension, as the fork scraping gets louder and louder, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan raises his voice to like fan at the Super Bowl level, he slaps the table and he screams at the top of his lungs, M, slow down! And without thinking, uh, the girl reacts by taking the fork that she's been eating the pancakes with and plunging the fork right into the top of her dad's hands. And for like 10 years, for some reason, that little jump scare in the movie trailer has been drifting around in my memory comes into my mind. Sometimes I think about it. I it's just, it's just imagery, loose imagery floating around in my head. Uh, And then the other day I was eating pancakes myself. Shout outs, Bondi harvest, butternut squash pancakes. So fucking delicious. Uh, And it was like on the tip of my tongue. I was like trying to remember where the fuck this like girl stabbing her dad in the hand with the pancakes uh, was from and uh, I like went on one of those quests that people go on you know like where you need to hear like the song that you're hearing in your head I had to hear I had to see the pancake stabbing scene uh, so I went on Google and I did some searches for things like daughter stabbing father breakfast and eventually <laughs> I found the possession trailer uh, from 2012 and I watched it and I saw the clip again and it doesn't even actually in the clip. It doesn't actually show it. It cuts away from her stabbing him in the hand. I forgot that part. Uh, uh, and in the end, I just felt nothing. It was not a satisfying. It was not a satisfying, uh, you know, loop Closure. closed. Yeah. Uh, so 
I just was like, okay, here I am. I watched this. This wasn't good. This what didn't feel good. So I watched the trailer all again, hoping that somehow it would be better this time and I could just feel something. Uh, but nope, not this time. Uh, and in reality, uh, it was just my brain being weird and latching on to like a weird moment that I saw in a movie trailer one time, but at least now I don't have to worry about whether I made it up or not. I'm growing more and more concerned as this goes on. I want everyone to know (laughs) the three of us can see each other. And as Alex's story is going on, (laughs) our heads keep like angling to the right a little bit as we're like, where are we going? What is happening right now? Where are you taking us? I don't know what's about to happen. So I watched Uh the trailer again. For the second time, this time all the way through. And a thing came up uh, in this trailer, which, again, is about an entity living inside this man's daughter, which grants her terrifying strength and unholy demonic power. Uh, But in the in the trailer, it says based on a true story, which seems crazy to me. Uh, But at least I have purpose again. So I spent my week reading about this true story uh, that this movie, the possession from 2012 was based on based off of this fucking vision of a pancake stabbing in my memory. No pancakes are ever mentioned again in this real story, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Life is random. You know what I mean? And I feel like in a way that's like Zen Buddhism. If you think about it, Uh, but uh, let's just settle in. Don't Google. Please don't Google. Here is the true story. True story of the (laughs) Dybbuk box. Thank you to today's sponsor, Hawthorne. Rituals get results. You wouldn't skip leg day, would you, if you were one of those working out types? If I was a workout type, I probably wouldn't. It's probably bad to do that. I don't skip reading alien book day when it's time to start reading books about aliens. The same idea. And if you want better skin, hair, and overall health, Rituals will help you do that. That's why Hawthorne has made it easy to build and maintain a personal care ritual that helps you look, smell, and feel your best. Hawthorne is a premium grooming brand that tailors your personal care routine to your unique profile. First, you head to their website and you take their quiz, which is kind of fun. It asks questions about your personal care routine, the types of products you like to use, and by the end, it recommends a couple of bundles that might be good for your personal ritual. At the end, I got an essentials bundle with all the products that tailored to my body type and lifestyle. I particularly went for the dry skincare routine as I moved across the country and my skin is very sensitive to this new dry heat. Hawthorne takes the risk out of shopping for personal care by giving you free shipping on your order and returns. If you don't like what their products are, they'll even retailer them based on your feedback. Take the Hawthorne quiz today and get started on your personalized self-care routine by going to hawthorne.co and use promo code CHILL to get 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. Promo code CHILL. Hawthorne dot C-O. Promo code CHILL. Okay, this is the... Okay. This all is, right. This is I know the Dybbuk box. This is the Dybbuk box. So, first of all, if we're going to talk about Dybbuk boxes, we should talk about what a Dybbuk is. All right? So for starters, simply as possible, a Dybbuk is a malicious possessing spirit from Jewish mythology. And since it's meant to be the ghost of a previously living person, and sometimes it has like a specific goal in returning to the earthly realm, something that links it here, uh, a possessing ghost 
like with unfinished business is a pretty good shorthand for the vibe of a Dybbuk, right? Uh, and in fact, even its name, Dybbuk, is derived from the Hebrew verb meaning adhere or cling and can be roughly translated to the act of sticking, most likely in reference to possession of a living host. Uh, and the other thing about the Dybbuk is that it can affect your health and make you act hysterical and speak with the voice of another person. Basically, just all the same type of stuff that you see at like your typical like Christian style demonic possessions. Uh, but just it's a ghost of a person instead of a like demonic entity from hell or whatever. Right. Uh, and according to mm. traditional accounts, things that can open your house to a Dybbuk possession often are things that are centered around slacking on your orthodoxy, right? Like if your mezuzah is like sloppy or if you, and this is a specific one. If you doubt the idea that Moses really could like cross the sea. Oh, could have split the, split the scenes. Yeah, okay. Like being like, I mean, I'm a Jew, but like, I don't, that seems crazy to me. Like that type of thinking is the way that you let a Dybbuk in according to tradition. Right. Uh, gotcha. And again, this is just all based on notes and, and references that I've read. I'm I'm not purporting to be an expert on this, especially not on matters of Jewish religion or culture. I don't I'm not an expert. So if if, if I need to be corrected, I'm happy to be corrected. But I did my best. Uh, and apparently there are even accounts of rabbis exercising Dybbuk's straight up like exactly how you would maybe imagine it uh, like exorcist level Uh to a level of detail that we even have a quote from a Dybbuk uh, that was possessing wow. a pious widow and who was allegedly exercised by a rabbi Arsin of Sefed, Israel, who coincidentally, the spirit also recognized this priest by name on site because the dude who was dead was actually a former student of the rabbi from when they both lived in Egypt. But anyway, but he was like Mathi evil now. Yeah, he like was back as a ghost. He was like, yo, I'm a ghost now. <laughs> like, this <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Hey, teach. It's me. <laughs> hey. Uh, but here, Mathis, I'm going to give you this. You can read this. Okay. Uh, where are we doing this? Okay, I see. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Uh, <clears throat> I'll try to do it in that voice the whole time, but I'm not sure I can make it all the way through. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I lost my life when the ship on which I was sailing sank. Nor was I able to confess my sins before dying because it happened so quickly. When the news of the wreck reached the closest town, my body was recovered along with the others who had drowned, and I was buried in a Jewish cemetery. But as soon as the mourners left, an evil angel opened the grave with a fiery rod and led me to the gates of Gehenna. But the angel guarding Gehenna refused to allow me to enter. So great was my sin, and instead I was condemned to wander, pursued by three avenging angels. Oh, dude. Imagine having fucking bounty hunter angels hunting you in the afterlife. That's like an anime, that, right? Like that's tight. That is yeah. an anime right there. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Angelic righteous justice. That's the name of it. Avenging right. angels. Anyway, Come on. It could, yeah. That, that's good. Good. As that's is. the like nineties English before. translation. Yeah. 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 Very much so. Twice before I tried to escape from this endless punishment. Once I took possession of a rabbi, but he invoked a flock of impure spirits. And in order to escape them, I had to abandon his body. Later, I became so desperate that I took possession of the body of a dog, which became so crazed that it ran until it dropped dead. Then I fled to Safed and entered the body of this woman. Yeah. 
So that's literally a quote from a Dybbuk. Uh, but eventually, uh, this rabbi was able to exercise uh, the dude out of the woman by getting the widow to reaffirm that she believed that Moses really did part the Red Sea three times fast, yeah. uh, which is a wild way to get rid of a ghost out of context. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah, basically. I, 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 I want to know what the what the ghost is thinking during that moment where I know. she believes, and then you're like, "Well, shit, I gotta go." There was, I there guess. was some other that's stuff that also happened, like some other people had to be brought into like utter certain words at certain times and do all this sure, stuff. Sure. But the crux of it is that oh, she needs to like get back on her orthodox practices. Um, and uh, that's basically what Dybbuk's are all about. Uh, but now. We're going to shift gears to this specific alleged Dybbuk, which eventually inspired the 2012 movie, The Possession, which then inspired me based on the pancake scene to make this episode. Uh, But the story (laughs) coming together, nothing. But the the story of the movie is nothing like this story, really, uh, which is how it always goes with these types of things. So it doesn't really matter. But the story is nuts anyway. So here we go. Uh, so back in September of 2001, there was a man called Kevin Manis who was at an estate sale in Portland, Oregon, uh, where items being liquidated at the sale had belonged to a 103-year-old woman uh, who was born in Poland, where she had just settled down and begun starting a family uh, when, because just because they happened to be Jewish, she and her entire family were sent away to a concentration camp during World War II. Uh, and what's worse is that it wasn't long before her parents, her brothers, a sister, her husband, her two sons, and her daughter were all killed in the camps. Uh, and Ugh. now she was all alone and probably just completely devastated as a human being. Uh, But she was able to escape with a couple other prisoners to Spain, eventually, uh, where she lived until the end of the war. And while in Spain, somewhere along the way, she came into possession of a small wine cabinet. And when she eventually emigrated to the United States, it was literally the only thing that she brought with her besides her steamer trunk and a sewing box. And anyway, back in 2001, uh, this was the same wine box that Kevin Manis found at the estate sale, and he bought it along with the sewing box and a couple other pieces of furniture and just sort of thought nothing about it. Uh, You know, he just he goes to estate sales. He bought some stuff. uh, But afterwards, he was approached by the granddaughter of this woman. Uh, I guess she was able to start a family when she moved back to the United States. Uh, And she warned him that the wine cabinet that he'd acquired that day was known by another name among their family because their grandmother had always called it the Dybbuk box. And whenever uh, she would ask her grandmother what was inside, her grandmother would spit three times through her fingers and said it was a Dybbuk and that she should drop it. Uh, And she always kept it shut tight and out of reach of any of the kids or anything like that. Uh, And apparently the original plan was that her grandmother asked if she could actually be buried with this box. Uh, But the authorities or the Jewish orthodoxy wouldn't allow it because it's not part of an orthodox burial. So that's why it was on sale rather than in the ground with her. Uh, And so this dude Manis was like kind of like in a weird position at this point. Cause he's like, Oh, well, do you want me to open it with you? 
uh, or like, how do you want to do this? I don't want to like besmirch your family. She said, no way. She said her grandmother was like way too scarily serious about it. She wanted to honor her memory. And then he was like, well, maybe I should just give it back to you guys then. And she was like, no, 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 no. You bought it. You bought it. It's all yours. And it kind of felt like it was his problem. Now she started to cry. She was like, get out of here. Like, it's yours. Just take it. Go, go, go. And so he was like, fine, it's mine. I'll take it. I have it. Uh, And uh, so he took it. And the reason that he took it in the original case is because he ran a business where he was a furniture refinisher. Like he like restored old furniture. That was his business. And he thought that he could clean it up uh, and give it to his mom as a gift, like a little wine cabinet for his mom uh, for her birthday. So he chucked it in the basement of his shop and forgot about it because it was just part of a lot, you know, that he bought that day. Uh, But the next day uh, he got a call uh, on his cell phone from the woman working the shop that day at his store. She said she thought someone had broken in uh, this person or whatever had caused the security gates to come down and lock. So she was trapped inside with whatever it was. And she could hear this, this, this entity smashing glass and screaming curse words down in his workshop in the basement. Uh, Hmm. and this part's a little weird because he says that he wasn't able to call the cops because his phone died, which doesn't sound like an incredible reason not to call the cops in like any year after the year 2000. Uh, but, but based on how the story goes next, I think that maybe he just didn't make it super clear that the girl working had only heard the noises of somebody maybe breaking stuff downstairs but I don't have any reason to give anybody the benefit of the doubt here. So I'm just going to report the facts as they are told. Uh, but anyway, instead of calling the cops, he goes to the store himself and he finds this girl hiding in his office crying. But it's quiet now in the shop. She said it stopped a little while ago, but the girl has been in the shop the whole time. So she assumes the guy's still down there. And when he goes down to see what happens, uh, what happened down there, he's immediately as soon as he opens the door, he's hit with this like nasty ass cat pee smell that just like washes over him and it just makes him like so sick and he looks around and no one's down there uh but all 13 light bulbs in the basement were smashed uh and nobody was down there at all even though there was only one way in and out of the basement so something weird happened there was sound there was something that was breaking but nobody was in there uh And that woman who weirdly isn't named in the story at all, apparently never came back to work ever again. And even years later, wouldn't talk about what happened that day. Uh, But at the time, obviously, Manus had no reason to connect anything about what was happening to the Dybbuk box specifically, really. Uh, At least until two weeks later, uh, when he finally decided to go through with his original plan. Because remember, the whole reason he got it was to fix it up, give it as a gift Mm -hmm. to his mom. Uh, And actually... According to Manus, it was a pretty nice little wine cabinet and even had this functionality. Uh, You can see where if you open one door, the other door and a drawer would all pop out, which is kind of cool. That's really cool. And of course, once you start refinishing something, inevitably you are going to actually have to open it. And when Manus finally did, he found some very, very specific things inside. So Jesse, I'm going to send you the itemized list of things I, that were boy, inside the questions. Box. I have so yeah. Alex, I have so many questions, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, we'll just go. Let's just get into it. 
I found the following items. One 1928 U.S. wheat penny. By the way, those are awesome. One 1925 U.S. wheat penny. One small lock of blonde hair bound with string. One small lock of black-brown hair bound with string. One small granite statue engraved and gilded with Hebrew letters. I'm, uh, I've been told that the letters spell out the word shalom. One dried rosebud, one golden wine cup, one strange black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's everything that was inside this little wine cabinet. Uh, and he also noticed an inscription on the back of the cabinet and he was, as he was rubbing it with some lemon oil. But he didn't try to read it uh, as it seemed to be in Hebrew, which he didn't speak, uh, though he did take pictures of it, which I have here. And I will happily share with you. I just got to grab them here. Uh, and uh, obviously, I will uh, put them on the subreddit if somebody bugs me about it later. Uh, where is the pictures? Here we go. This should be. Did that go? I see nothing. Yeah, I don't see it. How do I how do I give this to you? Maybe I'll just, throw it through Twitter. That's what I was going to say. I'll just drop it into the Twitter chat. You guys can see it because it's really important that you guys see the pictures because I think it makes it sound a little bit less like a creepy pasta. You see him now, right on the Twitter DMs. It just, yeah, I just got the light up notification. Yeah. So if you want to just kind of. There it is. Yep. Lay that out <laughs> for the people there a little bit. Uh, oh, oh, OK. Um. Yes, boy, it looks like something that would have housed. I don't know, like something that you break out once every so often. Does that make any sense? Yeah, like it's a cabinet that exists in your house, especially like an older person's house that inside. Maybe like, I don't know, like a menorah would be if we're on the subject, right? A little, a little special cabinet, a little. It also reminds me of. When you look at uh, museums that have very, very old artwork, especially if you're like in London, for example, and you go see those things that it's a cabinet, but then you fold it out. There's a painting in the middle. There's like paintings and then on, on the side, the there's two other paintings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah, panel paintings. I know exactly It's like what you're that, except it's a mm. cabinet that just has some things in it. Yeah, it looks very like yep. handmade, I would say, right? It looks kind of old, right? Yes, it, it, yeah, it looks yeah, very absolutely. old. But there's also maybe like a cup holder. I don't know. Yeah, I imagine those would be like, uh, oh, no. Hmm. Yeah, cup holders, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it could be like maybe somewhere to put some duck, like a scroll or something, maybe too. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to tell how tall it is too, because maybe you could put a bottle of wine in there and just have to like the neck goes up that hole. I don't know. I mean, know. he, it, he thought it was a wine cabinet originally. So mm, I think yeah. that's probably a fair assessment. Uh, but anyway, his mom's birthday was on October 28th. But they weren't able to get together till three days later on the 31st when she came down to his shop uh, to go out to lunch with him. But before they left, Manis gave his mother the cabinet and uh, he left her to look it over for a second while he briefly stepped out to take a phone call. Uh, and when he came back, he found his mom unresponsive in a chair with tears streaming down her face, having just that moment while he stepped out, suffered a stroke. Damn. He got her to the hospital Jesus. pretty quickly, but she unfortunately was left partially paralyzed and was for a while after even unable to speak or form words. Uh, and in fact, the next day when he went to visit her in the hospital, instead of t instead of talking, she was just kind of like pointing to letters like a Ouija board. 
And she sp- and she spelled out N O G I F T. No gift. Originally, he thought that the stroke had he, he thought that his mom was teasing her. He thought his mom was teasing him that she didn't that he didn't get her a gift uh, because she forgot that he gave her the gift. Mm. Uh, but he was like, Mom, I did get you a gift. I got you this cabinet. Remember? And and she got upset when he said that. And she shook her head and she spelled out H A T E G I F T hate gift. Mm. Uh, and so he thought that was a little weird. Uh, and then later that day, he also found out that the lease on his store had been terminated without cause. <clears throat> but that's weirdly treated as little more than a footnote in this story. Uh, and I guess eventually they got it handled, but I'm not really sure because it's not really a focus. But apparently that also happened on the same day. Uh, and then a few months passed. a rough day, dude. Yeah, I know. And now uh, Manis's sister has the cabinet, uh, but she only keeps it for about a week because according to her, she couldn't get the doors to keep from like springing back open no matter what she did. Even though there were no springs in it in the first place, the doors of the of the of the little wine cabinet just kept opening. And she was like, it's busted. I don't want it. Uh, so then he gave it to his brother and his brother's wife who also returned it because the brother said he smelled beautiful Jasmine flowers, uh, in his house when he brought the, the cabinet in, but his wife just said it smelled like stinky, stinky cat pee. Uh, so he was like, she was like, get rid of it. This is disgusting. Uh, my man, she needs to go see a doctor. Yeah. Uh, he tried giving it to his girlfriend, but she gave it back really quickly just because it gave off bad vibes. And he even tried selling it to someone. Uh, but the next morning it was back on the steps of his shop uh, on the front on the front door of his shop in the morning with a note that complained of, quote, a bad darkness. Uh, so eventually he okay. just gave up. He just gave up <laughs> and took it home. Uh, and that immediately proved to be a bad idea because every night he began to have a recurring nightmare where he was out on a walk with a close, trusted friend looking into their eyes and then suddenly realizing that it wasn't his friend at all, but rather some sort of evil, gruesome hag, which then, according to Manus, quote, beat the living tar out of me. And of course, he would always wake up in the morning to find bruises and scratches on his arms. So shit's getting real, real wild. Huh. All right. So then one day. His sister, his brother, and his brother's wife all come over for like a dinner party or something and end up spending the night, I guess just because they live far away or it's winter or something like that. And in the morning over breakfast, they all together start talking. And this sounds unbelievable. This has actually happened to me before. I mean, it does. So far, (laughs) it does. The freshness of this episode can only be rivaled by one thing. The freshness of the meals delivered to your doorstep by HelloFresh. What's even better is that HelloFresh has a wide variety of easy, delicious options for all three meals a day, plus every snack and special treat in between. You will have tons of choices, and I promise you'll find something you enjoy. HelloFresh's ingredients are sourced directly from the growers. I wasn't kidding about the freshness of Hello, I mean, it's in their name, Hello Fresh, And it's all delivered from the farm directly to your front door in under a week. Contact-free, of course, in case, you know, you don't have the vaccine yet. I've been using HelloFresh now for a few months and the amount of time it saved me is immeasurable. I am replacing about three meals a week now with HelloFresh and that alone has saved me time and money at the grocery stores. 
Go to HelloFresh.com slash 12chill and use code 12chill for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 12chill and use code 12chill for that 12 free meals, which includes free shipping. Head over there and sign up for America's number one meal kit. Yeah, I mean, this this specific type of thing, yeah, they all sort of like share and reveal together that they all have had this same dream where they were getting the shit beat out of them by this old lady. Uh, which, again, I think I talked about this on the show recently. My whole family one time, we all like revealed that we had been seeing the same ghost for years, all of mm. us, at the same dinner. So th- at least that part, I can at least say that's not unrealistic. Uh, and suddenly, after that moment, they all were sort of just like full in on the whole, this cabinet is cursed, this is fucked, we fucked up were possessed or whatever. And so they end up storing the thing outside in a storage unit for the night, getting on with their day. But then that night, uh, the smoke detector in the storage unit starts going off. So Manus starts running out there to see what the hell is going to go. What's like, what's going wrong next? What's on fire? He opens the door. The smoke detector is going off, but there's no smoke inside the unit. It just smells a shitload like cat pee again. It just smells like cat pee everywhere in there. Uh, And he brings the thing back in the house with him and the cat pee smell comes with him. But he feels like the thing got mad by being outside. So he brought it back inside Uh, and more and more activity followed, uh, including shadows darting around corners, the pee smell switching back and forth from a jasmine smell to a pee smell again. The death of all 10 fish in his aquarium all at once. (laughs) Uh, the feeling of being breathed on from behind while trying to sleep. And then finally, Manus had just had enough and decided to list and sell this item on eBay, which he did in June of 2003 to a college student in Missouri called Yosef Nitska for $140, including all the items inside. Uh, and this didn't change anything. Nitska was still like he got the thing and immediately... He was having problems. He was having health issues. He was seeing things in his apartment, hearing things. He relisted the apartment. Uh, he he re- he relisted the box on eBay the following February uh, after experiencing a quote tidal wave of bad luck, and his hair started falling out in clumps. Even though he was twenty <laughs> years old in college and getting like a relatively clean bill of health from his doctor. Uh, so he listed this thing on eBay and instead of selling it for 140, he sold it for 280 because by now this thing is sort of like starting to become viral because of these eBay listings. And uh, <clears throat> he sells it to somebody called Jason Haxton, who was the director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kirksville, Missouri, who actually heard about the box through Nitska's roommate. So now Manis got the box from an estate sale. Manis put the box on eBay. Nitska, the college student, got it and kept it for like 10 months or something, eight months, something like that. Relisted on eBay himself. And now the box is in the possession of Jason Haxton, uh, who was the one who eventually sold the story to Legendary Pictures or whoever it was, Lionsgate, optioning it for a movie. Uh, but that didn't happen until later. Uh, 
But the day it arrived, he immediately experienced many of the same negative effects, physical discomfort, cat pee and flowers, uh, all the stuff that he expected to hear. But by now it was like a known object. People were excited about this thing because it was on eBay and he had it. And so he was like, I have this haunted thing. I'm going to study it. So rather than like passing it on, like the fame sort of like convinced him to like hold on to it. He started a website for it to field inquiries, quote unquote. Uh, and just purely out of curiosity, he teamed up with this Orthodox Jewish bookkeeper from Brooklyn called Rebecca <laughs> Ettery, whose qualifications. I mean, this is this is, by the way, this is the movie part now. Like if this isn't yeah, in the movie you're talking about, this is the part where like in the movie, they're like, we need someone. And then like the weird <laughs> person shows up who's like, I can help you. This is that part. We're at yeah, that part. Now. This person does not sound real, but she is real because she is from literally the Los Angeles Times in the nine. Like this is like a real article. Uh, so he calls this person Rebecca Ettery. Her qualifications are that one of her qualifications listed is that her father studied the Kabbalah. I don't know. Uh, oh, excellent. But he, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> that's real helpful. Here's a quote uh, for you to read, Mathis, for this sure. uh, from from Rebecca Ettery about this box that maybe answers our questions about some of the features. Why is that so funny hey, to me? Go. Like her qualifications are her dad did some stuff. It's yeah, weird. Exactly. I, yeah, I don't know. Why would LA Times be like, that's her qualifications? <laughs> the two doors on the outside open up just like the Holy Closet or Aaron Hakadesh, a receptacle for Torah scrolls. And I saw and I saw round metal hoops on the inside of the doors that would hold scrolls. This particular size is used when going to com- uh, comfort the family of the deceased. This was done deliberately for a specific purpose. Yeah. So and that's a thing, right? Experts agree like that. It's a common practice that people, and maybe you've heard of people who do this, where they get a coin that has their kid's birthday on it and like keep that coin as like a token of their kid. Sure, uh, same, sure. same thing with a lock of their hair. You know, some of the items inside of the Dybbuk box could maybe be linked to some specific people. Uh, you know, and a 1928 coin, you know, maybe has something to do Possibly, I think the line they're trying to draw is that maybe those items are related to this grandmother's f- lost uh, her pre pre Holocaust family mm, because okay. she wanted to be buried with these things. And, you know, I think that's the sort of line they're trying to draw without exactly saying it. But there's nothing to support any direct connection between any of the objects sure. and any of those actual people. So I'm not going to say that, but I, th- I just want to make that clear because I think that's sort of part of the legend of this here a little bit. I, I honestly, I while you were talking about this story, I had to look up demonic cat pee smell question mark yeah. because <laughs> apparent and here's the thing. Apparently, it's a thing. Apparently, yeah, yeah. demons be cat pee. Um, the, the mo- yeah, ammonia. That ammonia smell is very common with like paranormal happenings. It's the same thing with that like fire and brim- brimstone mm. deal, I guess. Uh, but yeah, eventually, uh, Haxton, you know, he he was running tests. He was doing all this stuff. He optioned this movie in 2004, by the way. It didn't come out until 2012, but around the time that he, this was like within a year of him getting this thing, he optioned it for a movie because that's how popular this was online. And he started the website and everything. So like on the website, he posted the eBay listings uh, that have like most of the story and, you know, 
connected some things and got some people to like some, some like cultural insight from like some community leaders to like talk about what a dipic is and you know, stuff like that on the website. Um, and so, yeah, he optioned it, which is so weird. Uh, but he was actually able to finally control the paranormal activity uh, on the advice of quote rabbis and scientists who apparently both agreed that he should put the box into an acacia arc lined with gold. And apparently that worked because it somehow turns the magic on itself or turns the electromagnetic fields onto itself. What or kind something of like arc? That. Acacia? How do, how do you spell that? A-C-A-C-I-A. I think it's a type of wood. Okay. I think it is. Uh, they specifically mention acacia. Uh, and it's lined with gold, which is wild. Uh, but that is not where this story ends just yet. Uh, because guess, once he got it under control, guess who came along and bought that shit for his haunted museum in Las Vegas, Mathis? Fucking my nemesis who doesn't know he's my nemesis, Zachary M. Baggins. Is that really his name? What's his middle no, name? I have no fucking idea. I have no fucking idea. What does the, yeah. the M stand for? Manfred. <laughs> Manfred? Zach Manfred Baggins? Zachary Manfred Baggins. That's oh, it. wow. That's so him. the acacia tree is, that's Ark of the Covenant stuff. Really? That's what Belair is saying on the internet. So this is some powerful magic that this apparently uh, that took this Dybbuk box. Uh, Okay. I mean, I'll take it. Do you think, do you think Zach got possessed? Dude gets possessed like every episode. Do you think that thing actually finally possessed him? Well, funny story. I I hope so. Funny story. Zach Bagans doesn't let anybody look at the box, at least as of the time of publishing of the article about it. Uh, He doesn't show it to the public. It's like a, it's in a room in his museum that you have to sign a release to like oh my god access because that that where it says that he's not responsible for any sort of like negative effect that being with the box might have on you uh so you know if you go out there don't expect to waltz in and see it for yourself unless you're somebody like uh i don't know international music star post malone perhaps uh (gasps) because that happened in 2018 in september and we know for sure it happened thanks to footage of him doing it, uh, which was posted on TMZ. So you can uh, kind of give hell yeah. if you want to take a look at that. I'll give you guys a link to that if you bug me. But you guys can watch it right now and sort of give the give the listeners the rundown of yeah, what's yeah. going on. I think it's only like a minute long. The immediate thing I see is he goes in there and he shoves Zach right away. He just shoves him. <laughs> um, yeah, there's walking around the box right now. Having a chat. He's got a little drink in his hand. Probably a beer or something. Yeah. And they're talking. Hang on, I'm skipping. He did put it here. in the like creepiest room he could create. And they yeah. and they both ran out at like the 35 second mark. Something happens and they both run. Yeah. So there is some sort of activity that happens with the box. And then the TMZ logo scared the hell out of me because there was the sounds with oh, it. Oh, yeah. I the video has no sound. So be, be, be wary of that TMZ logo. I don't logo. know what they're... Why they keep showing the same? They keep showing the same clip over and over again, and it's not like scary. It's just it doesn't make any sense. Like there's a clip. They really zoomed in on Post Malone's face. Yeah, like something like we're gonna see something on his face, but there's like no reaction. He sees Zach react, and then he goes with Zach. Yeah. Yeah. While the world is getting back to some form of normalcy, and I myself am cautiously attempting to reintegrate with the outside world again, 
There are some habits that I don't plan on picking back up, and one of them is going back to the damn post office. Are you still going to the post office and paying full price for things? Well, you should join me and stop doing that with Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you don't have to do that anymore. Mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. It saved me a ton of time and money as I ship things pretty constantly over here in Chiluminati headquarters. It's a must-have for any business, whether you're a small business office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop shipping out orders, or just navigating the hybrid work life that the modern era has brought upon us. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop-off. It's really, honestly, that simple. It's a no-brainer. So stop wasting time going to the post office and go to stamps.com instead. There's no risk. With our promo code CHILL, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type CHILL. That's stamps.com, promo code CHILL. Now... Post Malone did not comment on this himself. It says on Wikipedia that he did, but he did not. I went and I traced that quote, and it's actually just fans of Post Malone speculating uh, about this. But it, it doesn't matter because here's the facts. That video comes out of him doing that. And within a couple days, I'm not saying this is real, but this is true. Post Malone did have a plane emergency where two tires on his private jet blew out on the runway. And then a few days later, his house was broken into by dudes with guns who tried to like steal shit from him. And then a week later, he was involved in a car, a car crash with his Rolls that where his Rolls Royce crashed into another car all within like two weeks of him doing this, this thing with Zach Bagan. So I'm not saying again, that there's definitive proof connecting the two things, but it's pretty Pretty interesting. Pretty conspicuous, yeah. nonetheless. And that and that is basically where I'm leaving the story of the Dybbuk box. Uh, but I want, before I go, I want to give a little bit of time on the floor to the opposition uh, party. Uh, so, Jesse, I have a quote for you uh, from Brian Dunning. Do you know who that is? I have no clue. Brian Dunning is the host of the podcast called Skeptoid which is like if you wanted to watch the Chiluminati, but you don't like jokes or imagination or wonder, uh, it's a similar, it's a similar <laughs> kind of deal. Wow. <laughs> no, I mean, look, it's a great show. It's just a very cold and like wonder sucking fact based show about these, about these occurrences. Right. So here's a quote from him about this situation. The whole idea of the box being inhabited by a dive di- book. I don't know why I was saying die buck like it was Psyduck. I don't know why that's what I was. Die buck. We've been talking about it literally for the last 40 minutes, and I, for some reason, was like, die buck. It's nonsensical, according to what a Dybbuk is supposed to be. The Encyclopedia Mythica describes it as a disembodied spirit possessing a living body that belongs to another soul and usually talks from that person's mouth. An important 1914 Yiddish play, the Dybbuk was about the spirit of a dead man who possessed the living body of a woman uh, he had loved and had to be exorcised. Nowhere in the folkloric literature is there precedent for Dybbuk inhabiting a box or 
inanimate object. Yeah. So that's a, that's one of the key problems with this is that there isn't really a lot of like Dybbuk mythology that links up with it being in a box, which kind of calls into question what that girl said about the box's purpose and what it is. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I mean, to the defense of that, if that's, you know, what happened, it, plenty of times, maybe families just have their own spins on particular lore, or what have you, or they build their own familial legend around something that may come from their religion and stuff. So maybe it just kind of comes from, it could be like a family thing from there. If you know what I mean, do you, you know, kind of understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like the, like the, the, the evil eye curse on my family, for instance, the way my grandmother says to protect against it, it doesn't fall in line with the way you're supposed to protect yourself against sure. it, which is, you know, whatever X, Y, Z. Yeah. I just think it's, I think it's just a little bit sus because like the whole point of what that dude was trying to do was to like get to the bottom of like the magic quote unquote behind it. So maybe, sure, sure. so maybe it is some kind of personal shit, but I just, it was weird that she was like, my father studied the Kabbalah. I'm ready for this. That, that, you know, that's, that's a, a, an enormous red flag uh, that yeah. Yeah. for any other reasons is a reason that I don't believe it necessarily, not necessarily because the strict definition of the encyclopedia mythica doesn't match up with the story. And I, I mean, it, it could just be like, they got the name wrong. Yeah. I mean, like, True. and this is me not believing any of it. This is me being like, it could be any spirit. And they just called it that because that's what they thought. Yeah, that's their because that's their like tradition. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, though I will say in 2019, uh, Kenny Biddle from the Skeptical Inquirer did find a mini bar for sale online from New York that looks suspiciously similar uh, to the Dybbuk box. Uh, and that is actually very funny. I'll show but, you the yeah. picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll let you be the judge uh, of whether or not that that's the huh. same exact uh, piece of I mean, furniture. I got to open I up mean, the other picture now. Now that I see, <laughs> now that I see this, on. I want to let you know, everyone who is, uh, yeah, this is, I'm going to be real with you. This is, it even, you can see on the right side where the one holders, the alcohol holders would be. Yep. And how they're pulled out. But yep. that's but here's the thing. That, yeah. It it doesn't just because it was once a place where you would store your like your bar set, it doesn't mean that this doesn't have another purpose. Like this is again skeptical Jesse just saying yeah. it could it could have loose, over these time. Are loose arguments to this to this particular but, story. But, you know? but with that said, it one hundred percent is the bar thing. Oh yeah, it is exactly look, it. They, I'll tell you this: they look very similar. It's not confirmed or anything that like it's the same exact model or anything if like by that. Very similar. You I mean ninety nine percent the same? The exact <laughs> they look, same. They look damn similar. Also, I'll, I'll I'll give it that. Uh, but I'm also I also uh, have this one more quote from this dude Manis uh, Mathis that I think okay you should read. Some people would say that this quote alone is incriminating. But some people would just say that he's protected. And this is the guy that, that did the movie. He made the money. No, for no, selling this it is not the guy either. who made the money. This is the guy who was the original eBay guy. And then the, th okay. the third eBay guy was the one who sold the movie. So okay. some so people say, OG yeah, eBay man. some people say that he was just reacting to that. Some people say that this is almost incriminating uh, of his right. whole story. So I'm going to, I'm going to post you this, this, this quote right here. I am the original creator of the story of the Dybbuk box, which appeared as one of my eBay posts back in 2003. How about this? If you or anyone else can find any reference to a Dybbuk 
Uh, Dybbuk box anywhere in history prior to my eBay post. I'll pay you $100,000 and tattoo your name on my forehead. Yeah. Okay. So huh. I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to say there. If he's saying like, I wrote a made up story and that, you know, it starts and ends with me. And he's just mad that he didn't get his paycheck for the possession movie, uh, which by the way, has Kyra Sedgwick and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I haven't seen the movie, but maybe it's good. Like those are both good actors. Oh, let's look up some reviews while you do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. It's it's a little bit weird. Um, and that is the story of the Dybbuk box. Uh, I, I, I think it's a neat little story. I think that little narrative is really, uh, you know, sort of like captivating. Um, and before we go, I just want to shout out a couple articles that I used to do this research. There was one called A Jinx in a Box which was by Leslie Gornstein from the LA Times in 2004. Also, there is a uh, story of haunted box. Isn't just the tale dreamed up in Hollywood uh, by Jessica Belasco from my San Antonio 2012. Uh, and then there's also the true story of the Dybbuk box and where it is now by Marquis Mayhem from Exemplor. I think it's I'm sorry. Exemplor. What was that person's name? Marquis Mayhem. Marquis Mayhem. Incredible. Yeah. The Marquis de Mayhem. <laughs> That's an amazing name. The King of Chaos. Uh, Marquis Mayhem? Yeah. Come on now. That's Dr. Doom's best friend. <laughs> that's, his, that's, his, that's his legal name. Uh, actually, Dr. Doom's legal name is Dr. Doom. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yes, correct. That website is called Exemplor. I think it's a mix between Explore and Exemplary. It's from 2020. And then, of course, there are the original eBay listings uh, by Kevin Manis and Josef Nitska, which you can see at thedibicbox.com. <gasps> Classic little internet story, especially if you're from Gen X and you loved the shit back then. You'll probably remember this one as one of the big ones from those days. <laughs> It was a good one, Alex. Interesting. I love the Dybbuk. Like I had, I had known of the Dybbuk boxing, had an idea of like what it did, but I did not understand its I, origins. I or... find your pathing to storytelling quite interesting. Right? You're like, this is what <laughs> happened, and I'm going to tell you a thing that's not related, and then gotcha, bitch. And I'm like, all right, here I am. <laughs> that's really how it happened. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. It's just crazy, is what I'm saying. Got these butternut squash pancakes from this Australian place, Dude, and I was like, mm, um, "That sounds um, so good." Um, um, um. Oh yeah, remember that pancake scene? What the fuck is that from? Yum yum yum. I have a I have a song the on the possession? tip of my tongue right now. I can't I can't get it out of my head. It goes, I can't figure out what it is. Somebody can help me. That's guitar. It might be like the Kinks or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe T Rex. That's the kind of that's how my brain works. So please just help me. That's how I've. Got to the Dybbuk box yesterday, literally. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Thank, and uh, thank you, Alex. Yeah, I got some I got some more great ones coming down the pipes. We got, I, I'm, I suddenly became silly with guest opportunities. And uh, so I've got a couple episodes in the can. One of them is just too much. I got to find the right guest for it. One of them is just Jesse's just going to be like. Is Jesse going to leave the show? He's just going to be like, I don't know what to say to this. Uh, he's <laughs> one of them is like so insane. And one of them is like pretty fact based. Uh, so I, I'm I don't know. You know that I didn't know what to say to most of this story till I was like, F it. I'm just going to buy in and like, let's go on an adventure. It was pretty good though. Right? Like you could see this being a real story compared to like definitely the one that I'm going to tell you later, but don't worry about it. 
Don't worry about <laughs> well, okay, it. Okay, I won't. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to shout out, uh, if you haven't done it in a while, I I wrote that little skit uh, between us and Deanna uh, a couple weeks ago for the 100th episode uh, where she references the Patterson-Gimlin film, uh, which is the Bigfoot film that's famous from the 60s. And uh, I, when, I, you know, I think of that film, I think of it as like the poster child film for like, oh, it was so blurry that we'll never know what was really there. Right. Like that sort of like right. thought about paranormal stuff kind of comes from that original Bigfoot footage. But I was thinking about that footage the other day because I was listening to Illuminati and I was literally like, what about like camera stabilization? Like surely someone has gone in and like done, done this. You know what I mean? Somebody has like gone in and looked at this. Right. Uh, and it turns out I, 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 yeah. people really have. And it really like I, I, I'm doing a promo for the mini. guys come to the mini. that we're about to have right now. Patreon.com slash Illuminati pod. And I will tell you more <laughs> about the Patterson Gimlin film. We're going to react to the 4k 100 FPS version of it. And heads will turn heads will roll sleepy hollow Amazing. 1998 johnny depp christina ricci go watch it it's a great movie <laughs> it's a really good chance to like right. it if you like the chaluminati show <laughs> and while the aliens may not have been confirmed by the government i'm bringing a video an alien has landed in india everybody and walking mm-hmm. the streets in the middle of the <laughs> no. night and they caught Dude, it on no. video it's fucked up i saw this this looks no. absolutely yeah, 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 this is dobby no. this, no. yeah. this didn't happen Listen, dude yeah it happened all no. right we'll see you guys next week thank you guys so much for watching we love you goodbye Bye. anyway me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night enjoying ourselves I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, Holy shit, get out here! So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.